So, believe it or not, the long month of January is over, and we're into February now, and since we're in the first Sunday of February, I've got a pretty important question to ask you. Does anyone still have any of their Christmas decorations up at home? Anybody? John, you still do? Well, always have yours up. Bobby, you still have yours up? Some of them. Some of them. Okay, well, we got the, in, the, we got the inside ones down uh, pretty quickly, but with the cold and the ice and the snow, I just did not want to get out and get up on the roof and get those lights down. And finally, I got them down this past Tuesday, so uh, thankfully I got those up. I recently came across a story about Christmas lights. Uh, in November of 2021, a woman from Baltimore was having a really tough time. Her name was Kim Morton, and she was dealing with depression, anxiety, work-related stress, uh, she had just lost a loved one. She was grieving the loss of someone close to her. And all of this was leading to panic attacks. And her neighbor, Matt Riggs, wanted to do something about it. He knew that something was going on, and he wanted to kind of make a difference in her life. So Riggs had the idea to hang a white strand of Christmas lights from his house to Kim's house. I'm not sure how well you can see that, but there's a road there. This is going, this light strand is going over top of a road right between these houses. And uh, Matt thought it would be a good idea to sort of, sort of show Kim that he was there for her or sort of make her smile in this, this time. He said, I was reaching out to literally brighten her world. Well, maybe you've been there. Maybe you're struggling a little bit today. And the truth is there's people outside the walls of this church that are certainly struggling. They need light in their lives. And while we want the world to know Jesus, it starts right here in our community. And that's why our church theme this year is Engage Bristol. We want to love our community. We want to serve its people and share stories of hope that might make a difference in their lives. We want to bring the light of Jesus to the darkness by whatever means necessary, even if it means using Christmas lights. So today's sermon is titled, Serving Our City. And we're going to tackle a very simple yet difficult question. How do we serve our city? Easy enough. We want to be able to serve our city. And maybe you're sitting there thinking, I, you know, I can get on board with this. I want to make a difference in people's lives. I've, I've, I'm out in the community. I see each and every day that people are hurting, and we need to make a difference. That's what the church is here for. But maybe you just don't know how. We're going to try to settle that today. Now, we know that as followers of Christ, we are called to serve. In fact, in Matthew chapter 20, Jesus says that whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. If anyone ever in the history of the world deserved to be served, it was Jesus Christ, right? He came down from heaven in all of his glory. We, we should have showered everything we could on him, but his intent was not to be glorified in that moment, but it was to serve and perhaps show us how to follow his example. So a tough question for you. On which of those statements do you stand? Are you here to be served? Are you here to have your needs met? Or are you serving in 
and finding your role in making a difference and following in the footsteps of Jesus. Our mission is, as a church that we started last year, is to love God, love others, and serve both. And so we really want to hit this home that we want to be a church, not only that expresses our love for God and others, but we want to serve both as well. So our primary scripture today is in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. Let's read it. Starting in verse 10, uh, Peter says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others, as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So again, this comes out of the book of 1 Peter. This was written by Peter. He wrote this letter to multiple church communities at the time. And he wrote it as an encouragement to strengthen their faith because churches during this time were facing a lot of hostility. They were facing persecution for their faith. Yet, in this letter that's meant as an encouragement for these churches, he drops in this line about serving others. So our first lesson from this passage is that we are each given a spiritual gift from God. We are each given a spiritual gift from God. Now, this is another participatory question. Uh, How many of you are pretty solid and confident and you know what your spiritual gift is? You know for sure what it is. Okay, a few hands. We have a class here at the church called Serve Central. You've heard a lot about this. I think back in November, we took the whole church through these classes, what we call the next steps process. Central Q&A, a chance to learn more about the church. Central Connect, how to get connected. Serve Central is about how to serve, how to find your spiritual gift. And we keep track of these. In this Serve Central class, we give out these spiritual gift assessments that people fill out. And we keep track of your answers because we want to kind of know what is the gifting of our congregation, of the individuals here. And this week, as I was preparing for a sermon that's very heavily focused on spiritual gifts, I thought, let's review some of the spiritual gifts of the people in our church. And there were some good ones, uh, good diversity. We've probably only got about 15 or so uh, that have been completed, and obviously we would love to have everyone complete one. And in fact, we've got some available for you today if you would like one. But as I was reviewing, I came across one that was not like the others. The answers on this particular spiritual gift assessment were criticism, boasting, and negativity. You think I'm lying. I'm not. It was there. Now, who do you think that was? Don't don't point at anybody. Okay? Don't point at your spouse. Don't point at your friend. Don't point at me, okay? The the truth is, I'm I'm not joking about this. This is literally on our database. I was looking through, and it stuck out. Of course, it stuck out to me. You want to know the real story? Those are Pastor Mark's spiritual gifts. I'm serious. When we were testing out this spiritual gift assessment and the process of, of loading all the gifts in, We sent it to Mark to test it out, and those were the three things he put on his own spiritual gift test just to mess with us. I think he did it jokingly. I think. 
Now, and on, a, on the real side, this week I asked my small group that meets at our house to fill out a spiritual gift assessment because I wanted to know what does the individual gifting look like of just the people within our group. And they all responded very quickly. I was appreciative of that. Uh, of the eight people that completed the test, three said administration was their top gift. Three said exhortation, which is the ability to strengthen, comfort, or urge others to action. One was helps or service, and one was knowledge and wisdom. So just in our small group of people, there was a variety of gifts that people were strong in. And the same is true for this room. Whether you raised your hand or not, or whether you know or don't know what your spiritual gift is, we are each uniquely gifted with different spiritual gifts. And that makes us, that gives us an opportunity to really make an impact in the kingdom, excuse me. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is most well known as the passage on spiritual gifts. In fact, the entire chapter is about spiritual gifts. We don't have time to read the entire chapter, but let's look at this section starting in verse 7. This is Paul writing to another church, Corinth. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. The Holy Spirit distributes the gifts just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. So a few lessons from just this segment of that chapter. We see several different gifts listed. It wouldn't do us any good if we all had the same gift, right? We're each individuals, we're each unique, we have different gifts. The same God, though, the same Holy Spirit is responsible for dividing out the gifts for each of us. The Spirit we, we're told the Spirit gives us these gifts for the common good, not only of the body, the church, but also uh, the community. And all of our individual gifts make up one body, which is the church. And I'd love to dig in even more with this passage going forward, but as you probably know, if you're familiar with 1 Corinthians, what comes next is Paul describes the church as a human body and says, some gifts are the ear of the body. Some gifts are the eyes. And without your eyes, you can't see. Without your ears, you can't hear. And he makes the symbolic comparison that our human bodies need all these different parts to work properly. And just, just like that, the church needs all these different gifts to make it complete, to be able to function in the way that it is supposed to. So our next lesson is... Uh, we are each called to steward this gift to serve others. We are each called to steward this gift to serve others. Let's take a look back at our passage, verse 10. Words underlined for you. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. We know that we have a gift. Those of us who have placed our faith in Jesus and have received the Holy Spirit, receive that gift from the Holy Spirit, but it's one thing to have a gift. We have to steward it. We have a responsibility to put it into practice. 
And God has given each one of us a gift that we are to use for the betterment of others. Now, a steward, you don't hear that word a lot. You, you hear the word stewardship quite often, and many times that is uh, referenced of money and how you manage things. Well, a steward was somebody that managed resources for someone else, in many cases money. But in this instance, God has given us something, a gift, and it's our responsibility to manage it well, not let it sit to the side and not be used, but to actually use it for the betterment of others. Not only that, but we dispense God's grace to others when we do so. Let's look at Romans chapter 12. This is another passage that has to do with spiritual gifts, and we'll start in verse four. This again is Paul, and you're gonna see this idea of the body once more. Verse four, for just as each of us has one body with many members or parts, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. It's one thing to know you have a gift. It's another to use it. And Paul is urging us here, if you know what your gift is, it's time to use it. Serve, teach, etc. Now, as someone who spends a lot of time around sports teams in various roles, I can't help but think about the, uh, the comparison between the body and a team, uh, perhaps a basketball team. Think about it. A basketball team is made up of several individuals who have differing skills and abilities. Some are really good at playing defense. Some are good at scoring. Some are good at passing the ball, maybe rebounding. If one team is only good at scoring, but they don't play defense, they're not going to win a lot of games. Same thing, is, same thing applies for the other. But when you get a group of people together that have differing skills and they put them together, they can have success. It's the same thing as an orchestra, perhaps. You go to an orchestra and everybody's playing a flute. Well, that's, you know, maybe you're into that kind of thing, but the difference of instruments and the different skills is what makes the music and the magic happen. If you don't have some of those pieces, you can't be complete. And I think that's a great comparison to the church where we need each and every person's individual gift to be complete and to serve as Jesus has asked us to do. I think many churches today are almost playing or, or serving with their arm tied behind their back. You've heard that expression before. And we talked about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 of many churches may be without the eyes or the ears they still are able to function in life, but they can't function the way God wants them to. And so we need everybody's gifts to be thrown in so we can make a difference. Now, when we use our gift, when we use our gift, this is your next uh, write-in word, we have to recognize that we have a gift, first of all, as we said. We recognize we're stewards of the gift. It's our responsibility. But here's some advice for when we actually use our gift, back to verse 11, in 1 Peter chapter 4. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. So, 
we can take from this passage that we should speak with God's message. When we use our gift, we should speak with God's message. If your gift is speaking, if it's preaching, if it's teaching, when you do that, be God's mouthpiece. Speak as if God is speaking through you. And even for those of you who may say, I could never get up in front of a room of people and talk. That's not really me. I'm more of a background person. That's okay. God gives us each differently. But here's some advice for you out of Colossians chapter 4 and some advice for all of us. Uh, verses 5 and 6 of Colossians 4. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. You see, we're all going to encounter outsiders in this case, people that, well, quite literally are not in this room today, but also those that need Christ. And so maybe even, even if your gift is not getting up and speaking to a room of people or teaching a Sunday school class, you still are going to have opportunities to speak God's message. And so when you do so, we need to make sure our conversations are full of grace and that we make the most of every opportunity. The scripture also teaches us that we should serve with God's strength. We should serve with God's strength. Now, speaking, we use our voice. Serving, we use our hands and feet. And the truth is that serving others can be difficult. It can be hard work. And that may be why we're hesitant sometimes to get out and to use our gifts. Serving others can be very physically draining. It could be emotionally draining. But Peter encourages us here not to rely on our own strength. In fact, if you do try to rely on your own strength, it's probably gonna run out. But instead, we rely on God's strength, and we know that God's strength has no limits. We know that God is the creator of the world, the author of life. He can raise people from the dead, including his son, Jesus Christ, and this same power is available to us through his Holy Spirit. So don't tell me that we don't have the strength to rely on to go out and serve. So, whether that's the hopeful project we did at Etcha back a few months ago, I think we got a picture of those that went down, landscaping, painting, wasn't too difficult of, uh, of work, but we had a great time serving together. Or maybe even this week, when our children's ministry took donations of used blankets and sheets to the animal shelter, Whatever it is, use your gift. Use your gift. The truth is there's a lot of great things happening in this church. Don't get me wrong. We serve a lot of people in a lot of different ways. I could list them all, but I'm sure I would leave some out. But maybe you don't have the gift of speaking. Maybe service is not really what comes naturally to you. Well, now is your time. I've included a blank for you in your bulletin today. It says, I should blank with God's blank. And this is for you. I want you to fill this out. And all these blanks are making me think about the, uh, what was that game show? Where you fill in the blanks to anybody? Anybody remember? What was it? Mad Libs, that's one. I was thinking more match game. Everybody remember match game? where you try to match up with the celebrities, I should blank with God's blank. Maybe I should get like a stick mic up here, you know, and 
get some celebrities up on stage, right? So I want you to fill this out, but before we do this, I wanna give you a few examples of what this may look like because you may be thinking, I don't know how to fill this out. Well, first, think about what your spiritual gift might be. And some of us may not know what it is, but my guess is you kind of have a feeling on what it could be about. So here are some examples of what you might could write down. Don't steal it, but just this is some inspiration. If you are a teacher, you like to teach uh, small groups or Sunday schools, maybe it would say, I should teach with God's wisdom. Or if you're a prayer warrior, I should pray with God's heart for people. I should testify with boldness for those of you evangelistic people. If you're a leadership person, I should lead with God's direction. Or maybe you're very generous, and yours would say, I should give with God's generosity. So take a moment, fill in your blanks on how to use your gift. All right, that should be enough. When we use our gift for God's glory, we become ministers. So when someone asks you in conversation about your church, because you're talking to people about your faith, right, and about your church, when somebody asks you how many ministers you have on, uh, at your church, you should be able to tell them about 200, right? Yes, some are more public roles, but also you can do ministry from behind the scenes by using your spiritual gifts. So here's our connection today. We asked how do we serve our city? We serve our city by using our spiritual gifts to bring God glory. We serve our city by using our spiritual gifts to bring God glory. Now this is what you might call the so what moment. Just about every sermon or teaching should have a so what moment. We're teaching you what the Bible says but what does it matter? Why should anyone care? Well, here we go back to our original scripture where Peter says, so that in all things, so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever, amen. This is the why behind why we use our gift. We've learned today that God uh, gives all believers a spiritual gift. We know it's our responsibility to use it and how to use it. But the reason we use it and the reason that we apply it is to bring God glory through his son. God is glorified when, he, when we use the gift that he has hand-selected for us to make a difference in our church, in our community, and in our, in, as we focus on engaging Bristol. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12. It was one of our passages earlier. We talked about written by Paul. The entire chapter is about gifts. And you may, if you're familiar with the, with the book of 1 Corinthians, you know what's coming in 1 Corinthians 13, right? You may have had it read at your wedding. Love is patient. Love is kind. But I find it interesting that after the entire chapter 12 is about spiritual gifts, there's a little section here in the first few verses of chapter 13 
that sort of tie the spiritual giftings together with the idea of doing it with love. And this is really impactful. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, give over my body to hardship that I might boast, but don't have love, I gain nothing. You may have the most beautiful God-given gift in the world, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you don't have love when you serve. If you can't love people, if you can't show kindness to people, Paul tells us there that yes, it's a great thing that God gives us gifts, but it has to be accompanied with love or it doesn't really matter. This is how we serve our city. This is how we engage Bristol. We use those God-given gifts in love to make an impact on those around us. So let's go back to the Christmas lights. Matt Riggs told you he hung a strand of white Christmas lights across the street for his neighbor. But what happened next was what made the story even more beautiful. In the next few days, other neighbors began to do the same. One said, before we knew it, we were cleaning out Home Depot of all the lights. Imagine driving down State Street and seeing lights strung from the tops of those buildings across to the other. And what a beautiful sight that would be. One neighbor, you can kind of read it there, even used coat hangers to make a strand of lights that said, love lives here. And the individuals in this photo, the gentleman uh, in the middle on this side is Matt Riggs. The lady he's holding hands with, that is Kim Morton. We told you she was struggling, and these are each of their kids. But they're posing under the love lives here sign. Morton said, when this all happened, it made me look up, literally and figuratively. Above all the things that were dragging me down, it was light pushing back the darkness. And I can't help but wonder today if your gift might be like a strand of lights. Is it plugged in? Have you used them in a while? Are they in a box in the attic? Do you even know if they work? We each have a strand of lights, and just as Mr. Riggs showed, he plugged his in, and he crossed the barrier. He went out of his comfort zone, got a ladder, hung up the lights. That was probably pretty hard to do, but he made the extra effort. He used what he had to make a difference. So the question today is, are you going to join in? Are you going to plug in your lights? Obviously, he made an impact just by stranding one one strand of lights across to the house, but it impacted others to do the same. And when everybody used their strand of lights and plugged them in and made the effort, it created a beautiful scene. Love lives here. The light turns back the darkness. 
And I can't help but imagine that if each one of us plugged in our lights and connected it to someone, there would be no room for darkness anymore. It would be this magnificent light. And we can engage Bristol by using our God-given spiritual gifts in love. Let's pray. God, we thank you today for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your wisdom. And we thank you for blessing each one of us who have placed our faith in you with a spiritual gift, even if we don't know quite what it is just yet. God, we know that you are a heavenly father and that you give us these gifts for the betterment of those around us and for our church and for our community. And I pray today that for those of us that know what our spiritual gift is, that you would give us the boldness to use it. For those that may not know exactly what their gift is, that we might seek it so that we can make a difference and that we can bring light to our community to get rid of all the darkness that we see on a daily basis. So God, we thank you. We ask you for the strength as we rely on you to make a difference as we serve Bristol, as we serve our community for your sake, to bring you glory, not for ourselves, but it's all for you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.